With authority. It is another edition of the With Authority Quarantine Series. <laughs> Larry Beal, Casey Pratt, Chris Alvarez, and our special guest, 49ers running back Raheem Mostert, joining us from Cleveland, of all places, which we'll discuss Cleveland in a little bit. But <laughs> anyway, uh, great that you could join us as we count down actually to the NFL draft. And I, I wanted to get your thoughts on this because I was doing a bunch of research over the weekend. What what was happening at Purdue? Uh, because I'm looking at, you played wide receiver, running back, safety, special teams. And it seems like, like I don't want to bash your coaches, but they had no idea what to do with you. And they were moving you around all over the place. And like, what were you, what was your mindset? Because you didn't get enough carries to really, to be a standout feature, but you clearly are an NFL talent. So what was in your mind going into that week knowing, geez, I, I know I'm good enough to play, but I'm not sure that the numbers represent that. Yeah, um, for me, my, my entire career has basically been an underdog mentality. And uh, when I went to Purdue, um, I was fortunate to get a scholarship by them. Um, and yeah, I, I remember just loving the, the atmosphere, the visit and everything like that was amazing. And so even the coaching staff, um, um, you know, Danny Hope was the head coach at the time and um, he was a Florida guy just like me. And so I, I felt like it was family. Um, Two years later, he had got the boot, and it was just unfortunate, you know. And then I was also dealing with, uh, at the time, I tore my uh, PCL. So um, I really didn't have an impactful freshman year. And then my sophomore uh, campaign, I I tear tear my PCL and, um, you know, come back the last game against Indiana and try to, you know, prove myself. And hopefully that we, this new coaching staff that comes in really respects me and stuff like that. And I'll be able to, you know, start making some plays in the offense. Well, we get, we got Daryl Hazel, Coach Hazel, and uh, he he was a great coach. Um, the only thing was is he never gave me the opportunity. You know, I went from playing a receiver under Danny Hope to to going to Hazel and asking if I could play. Uh, well, I made the decision that I was going to play running back my junior year because they weren't really looking at me as a receiver. I was literally at the bottom of their you know, their thoughts about me playing at the receiver position. Um, so I went to running back, switched to running back and um, try to make a name for myself more or less. And I took, I took track to relieve some more, some more stress, you know, to, to get away from football because like I said, I wasn't dealing with the, the ideal situation at the time. So track was my only other way to get away from, you know, the thought of not playing the, the right position and the coaching staff dealing with stress. So, um, so what yeah. was, what was your, what convinced you that you could make the NFL because you just weren't getting enough reps in college. Uh, I mean, were, were some people perceiving, Oh, he's a track guy. So we don't know, you know, how. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's a lot of speculation that, Hey, my heart was on track and you know, I, I, that was because of what I was doing um, at the time, you know, um, being a four-time Big Ten champ and all that type of stuff really caught a lot of people's eye as far as the track world. Um, but that wasn't my passion. My passion is football, and it's always going to be football. And so um, for me, I just wanted, I just wanted to go go into the whole process of you know the draft and everything like that, combine, 
and, and really have an appreciation for myself and, and have pride for myself that I'm able to play um, at this at the, that high of a level. Um, but, you know, other teams really didn't see it that way. You know, that's why I, did, I didn't get drafted. Um, and I didn't have enough stats to, to back it up. I mean, my junior year wasn't ideal. Um, and then my senior year, I was the lead back going into the season. But I think after about five games, you know, I lost my role to, to the coaches, players, basically. Um, and it was just one of those things where I knew if there was any way I was going to make it, it was going to be on special teams. And that was, that was no given, you know, um, I, I'm really good at special teams. I'm, I felt like I'm, I'm the best. I still feel like I'm the best to ever do it. And that's just my mentality that, that I've always had, you know, going into it. Well, I find it start. hard that people would question your commitment to the game of football. I mean, you could have been a pro surfer. You turned down a pro surfing contract. You could have been a track star. You stuck with football through all the thick and thin and all the tough times. I mean, all the times that you were cut and you persevered. So, I mean, how crazy is it to think that you went undrafted and now look at you after everything you've been through? Yeah, it, it, it's crazy to think about it. But at the same time, you know, I'm, I'm actually truly blessed, you know, uh, with the path that I've taken. Um, you know, I, I, you can never predict your path in life. And for me, that's what I've always lived by, you know. Um, yeah, I went through some tough times being on six different teams uh, prior to coming to the Niners. And for me, I just looked at it as a challenge. You know, I'm always going to step up to a challenge, whether that be anything from from playing basketball, even though I know I don't have the best shot in the world. You know, it's just it's the competitiveness in me that, that really gives me that edge to keep going and keep fighting no matter what. Was surfing, I mean, something that you use as an escape too? Do you still have the ability to surf even though you're on a pro football contract now? Yeah, um, surfing was definitely a big getaway for me, um, especially growing up. Um, I didn't have the ideal, you know, um, home and stuff like that. And for me, I always loved going outside, going to the beach, and that was my sanctuary. And um, surfing and skateboarding both were, were my getaway, you know. Um, I was really good at it, and um, to this day, I still I still can surf, but I, not because of – well, I can't because of my contract, but um, I still can do it, though, you know. Um, maybe that would be something, you know, when I'm done playing football where I try to pursue a, a career or something like that, and uh, who knows. Reem, I was just watching on Facebook uh, your highlights from the NFC Championship game where you broke out, and I think you said along the lines of you look at every – date you got cut before a game can you describe to the fans why you do that and why it's important to you to get you fired up for a game yeah so those cut dates um I have them on my my notes in my iPhone and uh yeah for me it was it's one of those things where I look at those dates and it just reminds me of the the journey I went through and you know I, I always try to tell people never lose sight of that journey because that journey can ultimately help you build your career or help you build, you know, what's, what's at stake in the future. And for me, every time I look at those dates, it, it just gives me a reminder, like, Hey, I wasn't good enough for this team. And, um, you know, I learned some life lessons. I met some good friends. Um, I, I had a, I had a great time there. Or I didn't have a, such a good time. And um, look at me now, look where I'm at now. I'm blessed to be in this position. I'm blessed to, to have the opportunity um, to still be on the roster and I just take all those little little things into account because, like I said, it's just 
you never really know in life um, where where your career is going to take you, especially in the football world. And uh, I don't I don't take it for granted at all. Raheem, also, uh, it's almost been 11, 12 weeks since the Super Bowl. Uh, right away after you guys came back, I think George Kittle was the guy who said, this is a legendary revenge tour. Mm-hmm. You guys are so close. How do you take that feeling of last year into this season when you guys get back on the field? Yeah, I mean, George hit it right on the mark, um, not only for himself, but for the rest of the, the squad, because we really do feel like we have some unfinished business. And um, you can ask any one of those guys and they'll tell you the same thing that we're, we're too hungry. You know, um, we're just like stray dogs out there that just really want to go grab something to eat. And uh, yeah, we, we want to get back to that stage and we, we know we got to do uh, some things to, to make that happen, but we still got to keep that attitude of, of the hungerness and um, just go out there day by day, time by time, week by week and show everybody what we, what we've been missing out on. By the way, uh, Raheem, I grew up in Hawaii, so mm. I enjoy surfing just like you do. And when I read that your contract prohibits you from surfing, I thought, this is a miscarriage of justice is what's going on here. This is a terrible yeah. thing. And I think I'm going to personally talk to John Lynch about this because <laughs> um, on your behalf, I'm sure you want me to go do that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> It'd be nice to actually get an ear and somebody get in his ear about it because I do, I do really want to go surfing, man, at times. And, uh, yeah, it's one of those things for me. It's just a big relief of, you know, that stress that you build up on. You know, man, just going out into the ocean, man, and just just even hearing the waves crash, man, it's just a, a, a authentic feeling. I saw the video of you surfing in Waikiki. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I mean, just put in a provision that, you know, it's waves two to three feet or less. It's You don't have to surf the bonsai pipeline, but no. just to get out in some warm water, you know, ankle snappers, that sort of thing, just to, to get up on the board and cruise on in. There's, you're not going to get hurt doing that. You can get hurt in your kitchen uh, worse than uh, any of those waves are going to hurt you. Uh, right. Although out there, there's a lot of people who can't surf that will go crashing into you. There is a little danger. You have to, you have, yeah. to you have to be elusive. You have to show some shiftiness. Uh, yeah. But uh, I saw the, um, the, the Pat McAfee interview that, that you did uh, a few days ago, and you said that you were posting notes around your house like these are your goals. Mm-hmm. So what are the goals and where around your house are you? Like if you got up right now, where's the, the, the closest note in your house? So I actually haven't had time to write those down yet. Um, I'm still going to be working on them right up until the season. Um, you know, just just trying to have some type of a vision of what I want to do um, with this upcoming uh, season and, and basically pan out the rest of my career. Um, I went on the show um, and Pat asked me those questions. I told him one thing that is for sure that I want to accomplish in life is to be a Hall of Famer. Um, that's always been my goal, um, more so than winning it the Super Bowl. And, you know, that's just been my mentality since I I was a little boy, man, just watching everybody else, um, like Emmitt Smith and and those guys, Edron James finally getting into the the Hall of Fame. And, um, yeah, for me, it was just like, hey, why can't I be one of those guys, you know? Um, Why settle for for something so small? I mean, the Super Bowl is not small, but in my eyes, I just don't – I don't – want to just settle just for the Super Bowl win and be a champ. I want more than that. I want to be a Hall of Famer someday. Um, and, and 
special teams, if that's the case, or even at running back or whatever position I, I play. Um, that's how I've always been when I was young. Yeah, I can imagine you need to put up all new goals because you obliterated all of them last season. And one thing that I found really interesting is even though you really arrived last year on the national landscape, we'd been watching you all year uh, as a running back, you still want to be a pro bowler at special teams, right? So that's something you still take an incredible amount of pride in. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, definitely, because that's where I started out, um, even at Purdue. You know, I was a special – I mean, even in high school, um, I had, like, 14 kickoff returns for touchdowns <laughs> my junior and senior year. So it's been one of those things for me where I've always taken pride in special teams and I've always wanted to be a dominant returner. Um, I love kick return. That's just – that's who I am, you know. Um, but, yeah, I, I take pride in those things. I still want to be a pro bowler in special teams no matter what. Now, I still think that this kind of speaks to the selflessness of you and your teammates because you look at that running back group and in a way, it was the hot hand that went. And I didn't really see or even hear of anybody saying, like, where are my touches? I need my numbers. I need this and that. And that was kind of something that, that carried on throughout the 49ers team. So how great has the team chemistry of this team been, especially under Kyle Shanahan? I know you were also there under the uh, Chip Kelly regime, too. Yeah, it's, it's, um, it's a brotherhood. It's family. Um, you know, we don't we – don't, look at each other and say, me, 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 I, I, you know, in the running back room, especially, we all want to succeed. And I want to see everybody else succeed, whether they play for us and then move on or they're still with us, you know, um, just like how Emmanuel Sanders had signed a contract with the Saints. I'm more so happy that, you know, he's still able to live out his dream and hopefully he can get another championship. Um, you know, it's just one of those things that, you know, that helps build a team up is the, the camaraderie, the morale, you know, um, all the positivity. That's what we have in the locker room. And like I said, nobody's really down on, on not having enough touches or not having enough tackles or not having enough interceptions. Everybody's competitive and they're smart. And, you know, we're all just together. Reem, that being said, uh, we all know this is a business. You guys had a great team last year, but you've already lost some guys. You're going to gain some guys. It's kind of the way the business of football. Um, you're not making the picks, but what do you think this team needs to, to – you guys are so good, but to put you over the top and, and win the big game next year? Um, well, coming off that, that Super Bowl run, um, you know, one thing that I, I would say is I feel like we have what we need. Um, you know, now it's the matter of let's just amp it up even more, you know, get more, more guys in the building uh, to compete and – uh, to adapt to our culture and and our winning uh, our winnings and and let's try to make another run at the Super Bowl. Um, you know, whoever comes into the, the the locker room, just know that they have to deal with the type of men that we are, we have in that locker room, and you know that we're all about winning and helping each other out and getting better. How fun is it to play in Kyle Shanahan's offense? It's so creative and multifaceted. I mean, I watch from afar and I'm like this looks amazing. You guys are so well executed in your blocks and your schemes and the unselfishness. So how fun is it to play in that system? It's really fun, especially when, you know, you have all uh, all 11 guys, all 53 or however many guys on the team, you know, all connected as one. Um, that's definitely what we have. You know, you look at the offense and you can't, you can't say that it was just one guy that was out there doing everything. You know, it was a multitude of guys that were going out there 
and, and giving their all and putting their best foot forward. I mean, KB on third downs, Kittle whenever you needed Kittle, you know, against the Saints. Me, yep. Tevin, Matt, I mean, even Ross Dwelly, you know, um, and Emmanuel, everybody. So it's like, you know, we all have we all have a role to play in the offense, and we love playing that role, and we all want to do great for each other. So you're a four three forty guy. You mm-hmm. talked about track. So you're one of those dudes that like wakes up in the morning and you're fast, <laughs> um, which is a is a great thing. It's got to be great just to roll out of bed and go, yeah, I could, I could run four three right now. But uh, <laughs> but what what does your quarantine workout consist of these days? Because it's it's a little bit more challenging. Yeah. Uh, well, when I first wake up, um, my Quarantine workout starts with my kid <laughs> running around <laughs> grabbing him. Uh, but no, nah, I mean right now I'm just I'm just doing all the right things. Um, you know, I have my home gym set up and I'm doing back squat. I'm doing front press. I'm doing everything right now. Uh, curls. I'm even doing more so running um, outside. Um, I usually at this time I usually do more uh, burst and agility things. Now I'm actually doing miles, so it's a little bit different of a of a pace of uh, off season, but I mean, Hey, you know, you got to do what you got to do in order to be great. So. Yeah. So years ago, Jerry Rice told me you could always tell who was fast before you saw him on the field. He said, look for the guys with the biggest calves. <laughs> and that's a fast dude right there. Mm-hmm. And, and I was like, what? So how big are your calves? Is that true? Is, is there anything to this, or was he just messing with me the whole time? Some of, most of that's true, because I know I got some small calves. I mean, my wife beats me in calf uh, um, the way they look, um, just because she's a soccer player. So her calves are a little bit different. She's always running. So, um, yeah, for me, uh, it's – I don't know. I would say it's thighs and calves for sure, but my calves aren't that big. <laughs> Everybody usually says that I have stick. <laughs> yeah. I was gonna say, take me behind the scenes a little bit inside the home front because you have a little one now that is up and walking, right, and probably running based on your athletic background. So, how much has that become a game changer for you? And how much of a hero is your wife right now? Because I know that while she, you know, helped you through all the different tough times as well, that she must be really taking on a whole lot of this burden right now. Yeah, um, she actually she she is a phenomenal woman. Um, she she does so many right things, and she never feels pressured at any time. And that's just that's just how she is. She's been built like that since she was a little girl. The stories I hear about her and stuff when growing up and how tough she is and playing soccer and taekwondo. She's actually a black belt in taekwondo. Oh, so, um, yeah, she has she has the heart of a lion, man. She really does, and um, just having that having our son around is just in awe for her. She loves it, man, and she spends every second with him. Um, we always fight, you know, who's gonna who's gonna say mama or dad at first, and I'm I'm one up right now, but she's a little agitated at it, and that's just a competitiveness she is she has in her. But yeah, she she does a phenomenal job, man, and. Yeah, it was it was tough for her when I was getting released from all those teams. But um, you know, if you have a ride or die type of chick, you know they're willing to go bat for you any day. And she definitely has done that. Um, moving from Miami back to Baltimore, you know, having to pack the whole apartment up, 
um, and driving up from there, you know, by herself with the dog was a little bit, a little bit challenging for her, but she, she always manages and it also helps that her family helps as well too. So I'm really close with her parents. Raheem, um, what, did you get your hair cut? Where'd you get your hair cut at? I mean, of course. Actually, I cut it, I cut it myself, man. What's that? I cut it myself. Oh, I'm, we're all, I'm on that program too, man. Yeah, my hey, wife just cut better. mine last night, actually. She did a what, pretty good job. Where did, you, uh, where did you go to get your, like, where'd you look up? Or you just, you already know how to do this? Uh, well, I've been, I've been doing it for a long time. Uh, okay. Yeah, just cut myself when I need to. Um, but my wife actually did the back and everything, and it actually it turned out pretty good. I'm proud of her. Yeah, you're <laughs> it was looking. The first time cutting my hair, she was like, "Hey, just let me try looking, it out." Like, you're wow. looking fresh. Um, any new hobbies you picked up during quarantine? Uh, right now, you see this mic right in front of me. I'm starting to stream uh video games. Yeah. And I'm starting to connect with people. Um, so I'm I'm trying to do that whole deal. Um, just trying to trying to bring some positivity. Um, you know, to the fans and stuff. Um, and video games is a, a way to do that. You know, they can watch how I play and watch how my friends play and stuff like that. And um, I will probably sometime soon we'll be doing like this COVID uh, donation fund um, just to help out people, um, you know, who are who's dealing with this COVID-19 uh, uh, pandemic. You know, just if you subscribe to my channel or something like that, um, I'll probably uh, play pick a fan, pick a random fan and have like an hour or something like that with them every hour just to play a game with them and stuff. And hopefully I bring in something, you know, to help out people with the COVID-19. I haven't officially launched that yet, but it's just an idea. So that way I can get, get it going. That leads me real quick to my, my next question. The 49ers have this, I got your back program. They're, they're really establishing that. What does it say about the franchise that they've been so out in front of this thing and, and trying to help people in any way they can? Yeah, you know, the the organization, they do a great job, not only for something like this, but, you know, all around, um, whether that's just helping children, um, helping um, people who need it um, at all times. I mean, you know, when I'm over there in Cali, um, just doing doing a community service, reaching out to the community relations, they're doing all types of stuff for Thanksgiving dinners and teaching kids how to read or, you know, going to a juvenile um uh, centers and, and talking with kids and you know just the just all that type of stuff man they really they really hone in on that type of craft and you know they're top notch when it comes to stuff like that so fill in the blank for me when you saw Christian McCaffrey was getting 16 million dollars a year your reaction was blank <laughs> my reaction was not surprised because he's a great player and he's just setting a bar for, for us running backs to, you know, um, get paid, um, especially when we're dealing with um, a, a type of NFL and a type of um, where it's just a passing league. And, you know, we do a lot, whether that's blocking, running, and catching out of the backfield. And he's definitely setting the mark for not only uh, running backs, but for guys that, that could play up to his caliber. I feel like you were self-editing there because I know your reaction was. Oh, yeah. My reaction was like, oh, my gosh. (laughs) That was amazing. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, the one thing we have to ask about, because we're in uncharted territory, is are you sure there's going to be a season? How do you prepare when you don't have OTAs, everything's wiped away from the schedule, you don't know that there's really going to be a training camp? 
there's rumors that, okay, whatever sport starts up, it may be without fans. Yeah. Can you see yourself playing a game in an empty stadium, that sort of thing? How do you, how do you stay focused and say, okay, I got to grind through this workout because we are going to have a season and know that with conviction? Yeah, well, my, my whole mindset is uh, stay prepared um, no matter what, you know, um, whether we do have a season or not. Um, that's just always going to be um, implanted in me, you know, just to always be prepared no matter what, um, what outcome there is. I know there's going to be some decisions that's going to be made, you know, as far as the season. But, you know, right now we can't, can't, we can't predict that. We can't, you know, go ahead and say, hey, look, um, 10 weeks from now, um, we're, we're going to start giving, a, giving it a go to try to practice and see how many people can be in the stands for um, a, a preseason game, you know. Um, we never know. We don't know necessarily what, what's going to um, take place here in the near future. But I will say you have to be prepared no matter what, um, you know, whether we do have a season or not. It's going to be interesting, uh, to say the least. But – We'll see. I don't. I don't know necessarily the answer to that. Just know. I know that I'm going to be prepared whether we play or not. Uh, before we let you go, I don't want to. I don't want to let you go before asking. Where do you plan to start that streaming channel? Is that going to be a Twitch thing? Is that going to be a YouTube thing? And uh, what are the games that you like to play the most? Because I, I'm a gamer myself, so I like to hear what everyone else is playing. Yeah. So um, yeah, it's going to be on Twitch. Um, I just started doing the whole Twitch thing. Um, trying to set up my page and stuff. I'm getting in contact with a couple buddies of mine that that, that know the Twitch uh, lingo. Um, and I play all types of games, whether that be FIFA, 2K, uh, Call of Duty, um, yeah, whatever, NHL. If anybody wants to play NHL, I, I play that as well. So very versatile um, in the gaming world. But, um, yeah, I just like to play games and stuff like that and just hang out with people and, and then just talk. Raheem, did you watch The Last Dance last night? Are you interested in that? I did watch The Last Dance, but I didn't watch it when everybody else did. I watched it probably – I finished the second episode around 2 o'clock last night. Okay. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I was hanging out with the wife, and she <laughs> fell asleep on We actually watched Bad Boys, the, the new Bad Boys, and that was pretty cool too. Okay. Yeah, did you so, see Larry um, Beal's big cameo in The Last Dance? He was, he was prominently featured in the uh, – Oh, he was? <laughs> I got to check you out next time. Uh, 16 minute mark of episode one. 20 <laughs> years ago. 1609. <laughs> 1609. I'll I don't it. know. It's, uh, <laughs> the Sports Center anchor. Was I, uh, before, how old are you? I'm 28. All right. So you were like eight years old when I was doing Sports Center okay. back at ESPN. So they took, a, they took a little clip, and now these clowns like to make fun of me. <laughs> no, I'm not making fun. I thought it was cool. Oh, that's the coolest thing ever. What's that? Can I ask you a question about that? Of course, you could have you're the star. So you could ask whatever you want. No, I really. So, how did it feel watching him play, like when when he was in his prime? Like I'm like back then. It was he was ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, the funniest thing is like people get into these debates and. Like your generation would say, well, you you grew up on Kobe and LeBron. Kobe, yeah. Well, Kobe copied almost all of Jordan's moves, especially like the fadeaway. Uh, So, I mean, you you could go back if like NBA Entertainment has all the footage of 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 Kobe 
showing how he copied Michael's stuff because they're basically the same size body frame kind of thing. But when I watched the first few minutes of, of the, the show, I was like, wow, I forgot how great he was, how ridiculous he was. It was like the whole, the whole stadium, the whole arena, when it's a one point game, everybody knew who was getting the ball because he was the man and it didn't matter because yeah. he would just find a way like against uh, Cleveland. They didn't even show that yet. There's so many more episodes to come, but yeah. Craig, Craig Elo is guarding him like as close as you can guard him. And he stops on a dime and Elo flies by and then he just rises up and it's just so pure. He was ridiculous. I mean, just every, just at another level, even magic and Larry would say, yeah, that that's the dude right there. Yeah, because I, I remember watching him when, when I was, you know, like around seven, eight. And, you know, yeah. I was just – I was like, hey, I, yeah, he's amazing, you know. But I didn't really see him how, like, you know, before I was born, the type yeah. of player he was. That would have been nice to experience something like that. Just, just watching his documentary is just like, wow, there's a lot of people that just come out to watch him. And what was it, like 18,000 showed up? or it was like something like 18,000 showed up at the arena um, from one for one game. And then all of a sudden it just blew out of proportion. It was sold out the next. <laughs> yeah. It was crazy. I couldn't believe something like that happened just for one player. Yeah. He, he was so clearly the dominant guy in the league. And that's why, you know, you have the the whole sneaker line and everything. I mean, he was he, he's he's making I think a hundred million a year just off of Nike still today, and hasn't played in an eternity. So it just shows you the the strength of how just how good he was and how long he not good, amazing, great, yeah. ridiculous. Like what? How? Like no. Michael. Now I will say, I will say, watching that, I felt bad for Scottie Pippen, man. I really, I was really feeling Scottie Pippen just because he was like the same caliber as Michael in some some facet, you know, of the game. But it was just like he wasn't getting noticed like Michael was, and and then his contract and all that stuff. I was just like, man, it's it's really some deep stuff here. But 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 one thing. In the long run, Scotty did make a lot of money. Yeah, he did. He did. Yeah, I think he made over a hundred million dollars when all was said and done. And uh, so he, he's fine. He's going to be okay. <laughs> yeah, he's going to be okay. <laughs> he's going to get by. Yeah. Raheem, is there someone that uh, either athlete or celebrity that you want to meet, or someone you're in awe of when you see them perform on their stage, whether that's athletics or you know concerts? Or is there someone for you? Uh, it's kind of weird. Um, I do want to see Khabib, um, the, the fighter. The okay. Fighter. Yeah. I just like his attitude. He's just hungry. I don't know. Him and, uh, the lioness, uh, I forget her name. Um, but she, she's, she's, a, what's her name? Ah. Are you talking about an MMA fighter? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, uh. Like Amanda Nunes or uh... yeah, Nunes. yeah, Amanda Nunes, yeah, okay, yeah. I want to, I definitely want to see her fight. I, I think she's just setting the bar so high for like females as far as the fighting world, and she's just so dominant, man. Every time she steps in the arena, she really acts like she's a lion. Yeah, oh, you like the lions? I mean, you got the whole, you got that behind you. 
Yeah, I, my wife actually picked that one out for the office. That's nice. <laughs> yeah. Have you watched Tiger King since we're on the, uh, <laughs> the Animal oh, Kingdom yeah. circuit I, here? Yeah, I definitely, I definitely did. I definitely did. It was pretty good. It was definitely good. <laughs> did you identify with any of those characters at all? Hey, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm sure he was begging for the Tiger King background. I could tell. Oh, that is Casey busts that out all the time. That's so fantastic. But you know, it, it's funny. You've lived in a lot of different places, though. So you could like, we're, I, I've been in Hawaii and California for a long time. So when I see some other parts of the country, like if you showed me those people and said and said, "Here's a script, and this is what we're going to put," I'd say, "Come on, these people don't exist, really." <laughs> yeah. Apparently, they do. Yeah, they do. Yeah, I was I was more shocked in the whole uh, the Tiger King when um, what was the other lady's name? Um, oh, Carol. Carol. Yeah, I was like, man, she's just as bad as Joe. If anything, like she got the animals all caged up too. <laughs> well, yeah, you got to ask your favorite question, Casey. Oh, uh, we had, we had a Vander Kane of the San Jose Sharks on and like second question into the interview, we started getting into Tiger King and that lasted a while, but did she, did she feed her husband to the Tigers? What do you think? Oh, I definitely agree that she did. I de- how did that man just end up gone? Like, and then she didn't know anything about it. I don't know. I really don't know. It was actually a good question. Yeah. I can go both ways, honestly. I feel like she did, but I also feel like somebody else was trying to get him, you know, for his money. You never, you never know. We will never know. Yeah, since we've since we've gone fully off the rails here, I have a green screen here. Check this out. Yeah. My cat is sleeping there. I yeah. can't keep thinking she's gonna bust out of there, but she's so lazy that I know that she'll stay there. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty funny. My, I got an English bulldog. He's over. He's sleeping right now. He just, he, all he does is just flop on the floor, man, all sprawled out and just hangs out. <laughs> so I know how it is, being lazy. <laughs> For sure. Raheem, how much uh, do you listen to music? Does it pump you up? And, I mean, guys like Kendrick and some of those guys that dance on your team really get into it. So uh, how important is that for you as you get ready for a game? Do you have a, you have a playlist? Uh, yeah, I do have a playlist, um, and it does get me pumped up. Um, but actually, I, well, this past year, um, actually, I wasn't listening to music all, all that much right before a game, surprisingly. Usually, I'm always listening to a game but um, or music, but um, this time, I just I was just honing in on my craft, man, and just, you know, talking to myself and uh, just being peaceful, being at peace with myself before a game, and that really helped. Yep. Um, I want to wrap it up with, uh, I know you watch a lot of film, just not of yourself. Who have you watched film of this off season that you found inspiring? Um, so I've been going on uh, YouTube right now and I've been, uh, I've been watching Priest Holmes um, a lot. That's just, I feel like me and him can relate so very well um, just because he was overlooked at some point in his career and, um, you know, he just kept fighting no matter what. And you see how great of a back he was. Um, I, I watch him. I got Frankie G on my iPad. Um, I constantly watch Frankie G almost every day. I put Is that in Frank a, Gore? Yeah, yeah, Frank Gore. Yeah. Um, and then uh, LT, I watch LT too. 
And I'm going to see if I can reach out to the, the video guys and see if they can send me some, um, some Edron James as well. You know, just, I like, I like all those type of guys, man, all those backs, you know, just go back there and just reference how they play and see all their minute details of footwork and everything and how they block and, that I mean, that just for me, it just helps me create who I want to be. You know, you know, I just flashed on this. So you're talking about YouTube stuff. You know, the one thing you got to check out. Hmm. Uh, years ago, the NFL used to do this competition called the NFL's Fastest Man, and so you, Daryl Green was a cornerback for the Redskins, and hmm. he was like the fastest dude in the league for the longest time. But they would get every guy out there and run forties. You just look up on YouTube, NFL's Fastest Man, and it was so much fun back in the day to watch that. You know, nowadays the agents would go, well, my guy might tear a quad. I don't want him to run, all this. But it was simple. It was a simpler time. So guys would be doing that. Would you run? Would you like to do something like who's faster than you? Nobody. Uh, for me, I, I would say nobody's faster than me. Um, I mean, my, my resume speaks for itself. I, I don't have anything else to prove. Um, but – if somebody would want to challenge me, I'd be, I would be up for the challenge, but um, it would only be a certain, certain terms. I don't know. I guess you would say, I don't, I don't really like, I don't like throwing money involved or anything like that. You know, if it was for a charity or something like that, I'd probably do it more. So um, just because it's for a good cause, but um, yeah, I just, I don't know. I, I feel like I'm the fastest man in the NFL. And, you know, like I said, I let that, I'll let that be the end of that because nobody really has challenged me or anything like that um, per se. But I mean, I don't need to be challenged when my resume already speaks for itself. So <laughs> I, I put money down just to watch you and Marquise Goodwin go like best three okay. out of five and see how that works out. Oh yeah. Yeah. Marquise, Marquise will be a good, good race. That would be for sure. Well, I, I hope we see that someday and I hope we see you carrying the football and, and playing the season in a real season and the 49ers trying to go back to the Super Bowl again. Really appreciate your time. And uh, the, the second you you start your, your charitable effort, whether it's on Twitch or however you want to do it, you know, make sure that the, the 49ers, they, they do a great job anyway, the PR staff, letting us know so we can pump up uh, uh, the cause and, and get the word out. For sure, for sure. I appreciate you guys, man. Thank you guys for having me. It was, yeah. It's a pleasure always. Yeah. Thanks, Dave. Can't wait to see you. All right, take care. Raheem Mostert, enjoy the offseason. All right. With authority.